Welcome back to the FDIC podcast. And if you're new to this conversation, nice to have you. I'm Brian Sullivan at the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. This is a place where we talk about our banks and your money. And today it's all about risk. A lot of people think of risk as a bad thing, while others consider risk to be a necessary path toward reward. Still all agree too much risk is a bad thing. The FDIC recently published its 2021 Risk Review, a comprehensive summary of emerging risks in the U.S. banking system. And joining us today to talk about these risks are two of the editors of that Risk Review, Krishna Patel and Kathy Kalzer in the FDIC's Research Division. Krishna, Kathy, welcome. Nice to be here, Brian. Yeah, thanks, Brian. We welcome the opportunity to discuss these risks. Krishna, let's begin with you. Tell us uh, what this 2021 risk review is all about. Well, um, so the 2021 risk review summarizes conditions in the U.S. economy, financial markets, and the banking sector. And in particular, it presents key credit and market risks to the banks. So credit risks are those risks that relate to bank lending. So, for example, the banks extend a variety of different types of loans, um, consumer loans, mortgages, business or con commercial loans, and agricultural loans. And, but each of these have different risk profiles. And the report pretty much covers um, how these different types of loans um, present risks to the banks. On the market risk side, the market risks are those that relate to financial market conditions overall. And uh, can sort of talk about developments such as changes in interest rates and overall funding conditions, you know, how tight um, uh, how easily banks can obtain funding. So the report focuses on all of these risks and in particularly the effects of these risks on community banks as the FDIC is a primary federal regulator for most of the roughly 4,500 community banks in the United States. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, 2020 was really a year like no other. Um, how did the pandemic impact the risk you just talked about? Well, the banks faced unique challenges during the pandemic. So, you know, this pandemic broke out um, early last year and financial market stress intensified suddenly in March with a broad-based sell-off in equity and bond markets and declines in interest rates. The result was an abrupt change in financial market conditions and the U.S. economy. You know, widespread business closures and reduced economic activity resulted in a surge in the unemployment rate with many borrowers unable to make their loan payments. Banks faced an uncertain economic outlook and potential for much higher loan defaults. At the FDIC, we were really concerned about possible bank failures last year. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Fortunately, banks entered the pandemic with strong capital and liquidity levels. Uh, the banking sector remained relatively resilient uh, pretty much throughout uh, the 2020 and was actually a source of stability for the economy, even as it was challenged by broader economic and financial market weakness. From an operational perspective, uh, banks responded to challenges, you know, when their physical offices were not accessible and, um, you know, their employees had to stay at home. So they were able to circumvent these challenges and meet their consumers' needs. So at the, overall, banks were... Um, no, relatively stable. Right, and so many bank branches were closed. Kathy, can you tell us uh, uh, more about the credit risks that are mentioned in this report? What, for example, what does the report say about the risks 
um, the, the different types of loans that, that borrowers took out and their ability to repay those loans during the crisis. Thanks, Brian. When we say the term credit risk, we're really referring to the risks that borrowers will not be able to repay their loans. Hmm. And as Krishna mentioned, banks lend to many different types of borrowers, examples of consumers, businesses of all sizes, homeowners, and farmers are a few examples. Uh, During the pandemic, the industry faced the potential for heightened credit risk, meaning the risk that borrowers couldn't repay their loans particularly in sectors or areas that were hardest hit by the pandemic. And banks with higher loan exposures, meaning more loans to risky sectors, could be more vulnerable to credit risk problems. Right, right. Well, when you break down the loan portfolios of banks, did some categories of loans perform better or worse than than maybe we expected? Sure. At the onset of the pandemic, the nation's banks faced the potential for serious loan quality deterioration across many types of loans as the economy suddenly weakened. For example, agricultural loans seemed to be vulnerable at the very start of the pandemic. If you recall, uh, restaurants closed, people stayed in their homes, they didn't go out. But despite a very volatile environment last year, agricultural loans, farm loans, remain resilient. Mm -hmm. Initially, the farmers had to adjust to supply change disruptions and the change in eating habits, and that created an initial drop in the demand for many food products. But prospects improved for farmers in the second half of the year with the help of a record level of government assistance. And from a banking perspective at the FDIC, Farm loan asset quality was sound last year. It may seem like a long time ago, but at the very start of the pandemic, housing activity slowed considerably amid the great uncertainty about jobs, the economy, and actually people's health. People didn't leave their homes. But after declining sharply at the start of the pandemic, housing sales picked up strongly, low mortgage rates, and increased demand for homes as people adjusted to working from home and working remotely and being with their kids and the family and home changed uh, preferences for home. And this all contributed to increased demand for new homes. And also, we had a limited inventory of homes for sale, which also contributed home price, strong home price gains. And this limited inventory of homes is vastly different in this cycle than in the prior housing cycle. Right. Well, how about the commercial real estate sector? You read my mind. I'd like to comment about the commercial real estate uh, sector last year. Now, hopefully you'll, you either have or will be able to enjoy a nice summer vacation this year. But last year, most of us had to cancel our summer vacation plans. And that hurt uh, hotels and other leisure properties. Many hotel rooms stayed empty. In addition, business travel declined, and actually business travel still remains weak. Uh, so that helped, that hurt hotel and lodging properties. On the retail side, online shopping has been increasing for years well before the pandemic, but it accelerated during the pandemic, and that hurt uh, retail stores and shopping malls. Those remained empty. And mm-hmm. if we have a moment, I also wanted to talk about office properties. Um, Today, the three of us are working from different locations. We're not in the same office that we'd usually be. And office uh, properties remain mostly vacant last year. Uh, And this includes a range of different type of properties across geographies and other areas. So lots of changes ahead in the office sector. 
Now, while office uh, commercial real estate market conditions have improved this year from last year, we really have to wait and see what, how everything falls out from the pandemic and how behaviors change to see the overall effect on commercial real estate properties and on the ability of CRE borrowers to repay their loans. Krishna, while, while some of these risk factors we've been talking about were obviously associated with the pandemic, what were the risks in the banking sector that predated this global health crisis? Uh, right. So actually, there were uh, a couple of key risks that predated the pandemic and still uh, continue to be risk factors today. Um, so for first, I'd like to say it's the low interest rate environment that challenges the community bank and banking sector profitability and then the vulnerabilities to corporate debt. So the banking industry, particularly community banks, were already challenged by the low interest rate environment for more than a decade before the pandemic hit last year. As you know, banks make a profit from interest that they earn on the loans that they make, um, net of any interest that they pay on deposits. Now, when interest rates were near zero over the past decade, this was particularly challenging for this business for this type of business model. So in this environment, as interest rates fall, banks' interest incomes decline, but the interest that they pay on deposits can't fall any further because they're stuck at zero. So then they get squeezed in a sense as you know the interest that they earn on the loans declines, but then they're still paying the same for deposits. As a result, bank net interest margins fall. This reduces their profitability and may actually encourage risk-taking behavior from the banks as they try to find innovative ways to make up for the decline in income. And if they can't um, earn profits, unprofitable banks may merge with other banks or fail altogether. So you know, this is a challenge, one key challenge that still remains within the banking system. And another one is exposures to the corporate debt. So what, what's happening here? Well, corporations have become highly indebted and um, many risky corporations are vulnerable to default. Um, corporate debt has increased during the pandemic time as interest rates fell even further and corporations had a need to borrow more cash, all of which encouraged more borrowing um, at the end of the day. Uh, right now, conditions are pretty stable. Um, the economy is improving and so this is good for corporate debt overall, but this still remains a vulnerable sector and, and an area of, of potential risk to the banks. Kathy, one of the big surprises of 2020 was the explosion in bank deposits. People put their money into the bank, which I guess is a good thing, right? They express their uh, confidence in in putting their money in a safe place, and banks are and have been, uh, generally speaking, a safe place to put their money, given that they uh, those bank deposits are insured. That helped banks weather this storm, didn't it? Yes, Brian. Banks during 2020, banks saw a record amount of deposits flow into banks. All, uh, for the industry, bank deposits grew by $3.3 trillion, over 22% in, mm. in 2020. And although the largest banks captured the majority of the growth, deposits at community banks also rose. Those rose 16% and exceeded $2 trillion in 2020. Brian, numerous factors contributed to the increase in deposits. For example, when a national state of emergency was first announced early in the year, many consumers decreased spending and increased savings as a result of what we talked about, canceled vacations, less dining out, 
reduce transportation expenses, a, a myriad of reasons of why spending went down. Right. And some of that money made it back into their uh, bank savings accounts, which helped banks. And on the business side, uh, corporations also were concerned about the economy, and they increased their cash they'd borrow on uh, corporate lines and other funding sources and put that money into banks. So they had a cushion to absorb whatever shocks, to help absorb shocks. Now, many of the federal programs created to mitigate the economic stress, particularly the CARES Act, also contributed to positive growth. Government assistance provided individuals with stimulus checks and increased unemployment benefits. And it also provided thousands of small businesses access to uh, paycheck protection program loans, uh, also called PPP loans. And a large share of those loan funds were deposited into the banking system. So both consumers and businesses and small businesses put newfound money into their bank accounts. Now, traditionally, banks use this new money, this liquidity that comes in the system, to fund lending. But last year, uh, loan growth was, was tepid, and it primarily consisted of the, of the PPP loans that I just mentioned. And this all, the weak lending outlook, was consistent with a weak economy. No one knew what demand would be for uh, the economy. So absent the PPP loans, lending was down. So deposits stayed. The banks uh, used the deposits instead of to fund loans to increase their liquidity, and they invested in, invested in short-term securities and other cash-like investments. Now, while many community banks ended 2020 with a lot of liquidity, the stickiness of the deposits, meaning how long will these deposits stay in the bank, is unknown. And we don't know that from both from the consumer standpoint and the business standpoint. Uh, and we'll have to see how that plays out this year as the economy, economic activity increases. Krishna, if we step back, you know, we've been talking about, you know, these various indicators of the health of the and the risks to the banking sector, net interest margin, the stickiness of these deposits that Kathy just mentioned. But if we back up just a bit, is there anything you can tell our listeners about the overall risk uh, climate to the banking industry now? Yeah, so I'd say that overall, the banking industry remains pretty strong, um, despite the many and very unique challenges that came about from the pandemic last year. The number of banks in the FDIC's problem bank list, um, which is a list of um, banks that we're seeing has facing um, particular problems, uh, remained relatively flat throughout the pandemic and remains near historic lows. Uh, nevertheless, uh, the continued low interest rate environment, as I discussed before, along with weak loan demand overall, will continue to present uh, challenges for the banking industry in the near term. For now, um, you know, depending on how the pandemic evolves, but as long as things are pretty stable, I would say that the banking industry uh, w is um, well positioned, I would say. Well, it'll be something we'll pay close attention to uh, in, the, in the future. Kathy Kalzer, Krishna Patel, thank you both for stopping by to talk about the risks to our banking sector. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you.